Does the channel provide value? Focus on the foundation. I am a travel blogger. It's always about communication. Build those partnerships. What are the problems that you solve for your clients? Just being ahead on the technological side of things. Leading an organization. You not only want to survive, but you want to thrive. They said it wouldn't last, and they said that you can't drive profitable and incremental revenue through the affiliate channel. But here we are, 20 years later, and the affiliate channel is alive and kicking and generating profitable revenue for thousands of retailers across the globe. Hi, I am Jamie Birch, your host of the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast, where we talk to some of the industry's best and brightest about their careers, about leadership, and about how to drive profitable revenue through the affiliate channel. Welcome to the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Birch, and co-founder of the award-winning affiliate management agency, JEB Commerce. And today we have a great guest for you, a good friend of mine, Joe Souza, is the affiliate manager at Fanatics. And yeah, that's another uh, awesome person we get to interview and talk with from uh, fanatics.com. So pretty excited uh, about that. But do want to talk about one thing. You can get help with your affiliate program at any time from me directly and my team uh, by emailing us at gethelp at jebcommerce.com. So right now we're heading into spring. And there's a, there's a lot of things opening up right now. Uh, this is... Uh, May and June of 2021, we're having a lot of things open up from the pandemic uh, and so much has changed in e-commerce. So if you need help figuring out how to position your company and your affiliate program for success in 2021, then definitely let us know. You can just email us at gethelp at jebcommerce.com and we would love to help you. Now, let's go to our guest. Joe Souza has been in the industry for 25 years now. He has been an affiliate since pretty much the inception of the affiliate channel. Uh, And he is also an affiliate manager uh, and has spent a number of years managing programs for uh, agencies as well as being the affiliate manager for fanatics.com and working with probably one of the best uh, affiliate programs out there. He and Wade and their team do a phenomenal job. So today we talk about what that transition was like, what affiliate marketing was like back then and what it is now and how different and difficult it is for affiliates to build engagement and an audience that drives traffic. So we talk about all those things, optimization tactics, uh, how to develop content sites, how long that, that takes, uh, and all sorts of that. And we also talk about the Seahawks and we talk about biscuits. So if you like Seahawks, biscuits, and affiliate marketing, this is the podcast for you. So I'll get out of the way without further ado. Here is my conversation with Joe Souza. All right, Joe Souza, thank you so much for joining the Profitable Performance Marketing Podcast. It sounds weird for me to be all formal with that with someone I've known and uh, is a neighbor of mine, and I've met in parking lots and bought stuff out of the trunk of your car. Uh, but welcome, man. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. It's good to good to get a chance to talk with you. Yeah. Well, we'll get to the trunk of the car stuff here uh, in a moment, so people don't have to wonder too long what I'm talking about. But uh, what'd you think of draft day? We're both Hawks fans. We had a phenomenal, huge cornucopia of picks. We had three. What'd you think of who we got? Three great picks. Um, I like the receiver we took. 
I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not even sure of everybody's name uh, off the top of my head. I just kind of know who yeah, they were. Yeah. Uh, good little small slot receiver. He's going to be a great kick returner. Good yards after the catch guy. Uh, Metcalf and Lockett can keep everybody busy, and he can just sneak free into the secondary. Uh, I think yep. he'll make some good plays. Uh, he'll be a good special teamer, too. Uh, I like the corner we got. He seems like a tough guy. Uh, be good slot corner, and the uh, offensive lineman could be a monster. He, I mean, start getting sixth-round picks. Who knows what they're going to be, but uh, I saw a lot of good things talked about for him. Yeah, uh, definitely got to keep Russell happy, right? That that uh, O-line pick, I'm sure, was that. What do you think of all the the hype this offseason about Wilson? Did you no, buy I, mean, I, I think I think Wilson had some definite concerns, and I think the team had definite concerns, and, and then the media just blew it all out of proportion. Um, yeah. I don't know why the media I – mean, I like guys that, that say what they mean, that say what they want to say. They, they aren't really – towing the company line or, or, or talking just to, to keep everybody happy. They're saying what they're feeling. And if I'm a general manager, I should be able to say that every player on my roster is tradable for the right offer. I'm going to take a huge offer for some of the players. And as a player, I should say, I want to win. I want the best players around me. And the media just takes that and runs with it and turns it into a lot of discontent and speculation and, and, and all that. But I think, Russ is going to be a Seahawk for life. I think he's going to retire with the Seahawks and uh, win five or six more Super Bowls. Yeah, yeah. I I always watch. They have, uh, I think it's ESPN Sports Center on at the gym, and it's always Skip and Shannon. And I I've always followed the threads of athletes just hammering Skip Bayless for yeah, just you know picking apart everything. And I listen to him talk and I'm like, man, one player says one thing. I can't imagine the pressure of every word I utter being picked apart, especially in the off season when nothing's happened. I say some stupid stuff. Yeah. And so I, I like, it's, it's always interesting to me. And I, this is the time where I don't watch a lot of those shows because it's just, there's nothing going on picking apart what people are saying over and over again, super frustrating and, and unrealistic to be held to that standard. And it all gets taken out of context too. So yeah, that, that yeah. doesn't help. Yeah. I like your perspective. Every GM should be able to say everyone's tradable. Well, anyway, we aren't here to talk football for much longer. Um, but so you're, you're back in Spokane and uh, you've traveled kind of all over the country. And um, right now, one of the th- that I've seen you more, I think, since your wife started a business than I did when we were just uh, affiliate colleagues. Uh, how you tell us what your wife is doing and how how the, how did that start? Sure, uh, my wife makes biscuits. Uh, she makes frozen biscuits good. that you buy and you cook at home. She has a number of different flavors and and, and types that she makes. But uh, it started about a year and a half ago around Thanksgiving. She said, "Do you think anybody will buy biscuits if I make them?" And of course, I said, "No, that's crazy." Um, she had been trying a bunch of different recipes for a few years and trying to perfect it. And we had some, when we were down in Florida that we were able to skip across our, our pond in our backyard. They were so bad. Uh, they were like rocks, but after 15 or 20 different recipe tests and, and going through that, she stumbled on some recipes and techniques that worked really well and, uh, started off, like I said, at Thanksgiving, she sold a bunch of just standard buttermilk biscuits. And she's added different flavors. She has a she makes a cinnamon roll biscuit where instead of oh like my raisin, daughter hides those dough. yeah my daughter hides those in the bottom of the freezer and grabs one at a time 
and <laughs> makes it. And you can smell it. You come down, they're already gone. Yeah. She hides them. And I can hear when we're out because my wife, there's a certain oh, noise made when we're out of the biscuits. Yeah. But yeah, she has a cinnamon roll. That's been a popular one. She has a bacon jalapeno scone. She has, she did a carrot cake one for Easter. Um, she did a week or so ago, she made a blackberry white chocolate lavender scone. She only made like 20 packs and sold them out almost instantly. So yeah. it's, it, it's fun to see, see the business grow and, and we're, we're working on moving into commercial space and working on some other commercial accounts and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, wow. it's fun to see, see what she's been able to do. Entrepreneurial family for sure, huh? Yeah. And they're really good. I, 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 I still enjoy them after eating a lot of them over the last year and a half. <laughs> I, bet, I bet you've been the, the uh, main taste tester. I've eaten a lot of them and they are, uh, and hopefully my mother-in-law isn't listening to this, but they, they are the best biscuits uh, that I've ever had. And my mother-in-law's biscuits are really, really good. Uh, so yeah, so I have to place a, another order. We've loved the jalapeno ones are really good. Um, but yeah, you guys are quite the entrepreneurial family and you've been quite the entrepreneur. I know your dad as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about like your affiliate origin story? How did you, how did you get into this? Sure. Back in, uh, 1997, I believe, uh, I was working at UPS and Office Depot, just a couple jobs, nothing exciting. And my dad had uh, started doing some website work for a couple companies and then he started playing around with SEO back before SEO was really a thing. Um, that's when he had AltaVista and Excite and InfoSeek and Hotbot and Webcrawler yeah. and all those different different search engines. And the way to get rankings was put the keyword more on the page. Uh, Meta tags. 10 times, then you submit it and you see the rankings change. Okay, let me try 12 times and you submit it and you see the rankings change again. And uh, eventually he was getting a number of clients that he w it was too busy for him. So he brought me and my brother in, uh, to the company and we started basically one of the first SEO agencies, uh, that were out there long time wow. before Google, long time before, uh, things got complicated with SEO. I know it's, it's a much, much mm -hmm. different game now and nowhere near as yeah. easy as it was back then. Uh, but we partnered up with, uh, there was a software called web position gold. Some of you old times. I remember that. Recognize that one. Had the little blue line <laughs> GIF landing pages. And, and they would send us, we were the company that they would recommend when somebody wanted help with, the, with their SEO. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we did that for, uh, we were doing that for a, a year or two. And eventually we'd have clients that would move on and, and not want us anymore. But we'd still have their domains. And we'd still have traffic going to those domains that were ranked well. So I decided let me try this affiliate thing and, and switched a few of the links over i think disney world hotels and tickets was one of the first markets i was in and uh, i was able to get great rankings for people searching for discount walt disney world tickets and uh, disney world hotels and, and stuff like that so uh, so then i just started building up the affiliate side of things more and and let other people handle the seo stuff and it just kind of ballooned from there i decided one day I wanted to build a site selling football jerseys. So I got a few domains and, and registered them and built out sites selling football jerseys for fanatics. I was part of their affiliate program back in 2002. I was wow. doing stuff for Netflix early on. Um, I was doing stuff, number of different markets I, I was in back then, but mostly just, just retail stuff. And uh, it just kind of kept growing from there. Uh, eventually, I can't remember when, late 
2000s. I'm trying to remember the. I can't remember. It's been a long time, and the dates all kind of blend together. But I started it's doing like 24 a years. Paid search. Uh, companies didn't really protect their trademarks on paid search very much, so they were eBay was paying sixty dollars for a sign up, so you bid on the term eBay, and you pay a dollar per click, and you end up making twenty dollars per click. So I did that for, I mean, Netflix, Nutrisystem were big ones back then. Uh, yeah. eBay, of course. I did free ringtones that weren't really free. So a, a lot of the different paid search, kind of the sh- shadier stuff going on there for a while. Um, it was a wild west back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, they, there was nothing against the terms in, in their uh, in their terms of service about bidding on trademarks. So I didn't feel too bad about it then. That, and then everything just kind of has moved on from there and, and the business has changed and I've had to change with it. Yeah, definitely. And so how long were were you full-time uh, as an affiliate? I was a full-time affiliate for probably about 15 years. Um, and I wow. mean, there'd be months where it would be great and I'd make huge commission checks and other months where things wouldn't go as well and, and the money wouldn't be there. But uh, yeah, I was able to, to ride it out for about 15 years overall Man. as a full-time affiliate. Just hearing that, like I get anxiety ridden of, of, uh, you know, that's where all your income is. Um, how did you pick, uh, an industry, a vertical? And then what did you do? Did you build out websites? Like how, how what was the process back then? Sure. For the, for the, uh, like the more, the more retail consumer type stuff, I would just find something I was interested in. Like I said, football jerseys, I love football. So I figured let's build a site around that. Um, and there were primarily data feed sites. There were primarily pretty thin content. There wasn't a lot going on other than the data feed. I'd have a few uh, blurbs and articles here and there, but it wasn't uh, much beyond that. Uh, for the Disney World stuff, it was it was kind of just a listing of hotels and a listing of ticket prices. And, and once again, there wasn't a lot of content. I wasn't going into big explanations on all the different rides and and how to how to do Disney best and and all the other stuff there's a lot yeah. of other people doing that content uh, I was just putting the products in front of people yeah and I know the answer to this question uh, but is it harder now than back then and why yeah it's it's definitely harder um, I think it, traffic generation is a lot more difficult uh, back when I was doing it it was pretty easy to rank on Google there wasn't a lot to it um, for many, many years, I was either ranked one, two, or three when you do a search for football jerseys. And that was with a pretty horrible site. Uh, there wasn't yeah. anything special about the site at all. Uh, now, now it, you'd have to build thousands and thousands of links. You'd have to get your on-page SEO all set. I mean, there's just a lot more to it now, uh, to get traffic. If you, you can generate traffic through social channels now, which I didn't have back then. It wasn't really the thing. didn't have any of that back then. Um, but once again, that's, it's not easy. You have to build good followings you have to build engaged followings engaged users um, so it's 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 definitely harder now and i think that's why we're seeing fewer and fewer kind of work in their basement independent yeah. uh, affiliates out there there's a, a lot more corporate a lot more media a lot more bigger affiliates with 50 people on a team uh, that are doing it and doing it well but there's not as many people that were like me making a full-time income just sitting in front of their computer, making websites here and there. Yeah. And you and I started in the same spot. My first job out of college was, uh, the title was SEO guru. And they put me in a huge conference room, 
where we also did the kickboxing every Tuesdays and Thursdays and put me on a card table. It's like, uh, this SEO thing, we need you to do that. Uh, and I remember after a while you could, you know, now you can't, but back then I had eight out of the top 10 positions for stethoscope, medical books, blood pressure cuff. I still remember these things after I, I started in 99, a little behind you. Uh, but it was, uh, it was kind of easy to reverse engineer what someone else was doing and, and manipulate keywords and, uh, white on white text. I remember was a big thing, uh, back then when you started, things were relatively easy and it was a guy in his basement generating traffic, uh, and the industry was new. Now that's just not the case. Like you said, there, there is, uh, they're corporate affiliates, they're media partners, they're people building audience that they have engagement with and those audiences engage with the affiliate first. Um, but we still have, I, I feel like we still have this view of the channel out there that it is still what it was in 97 to maybe 2003. Do you think that's true? I, I definitely think it's true. It's, it's, I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of shady stuff that's gone on in the affiliate channel over the years, and there still is a lot of shady stuff that goes on. It's it's a way people can make money, and if you don't have an engaged affiliate manager that knows what they're looking for, a company can lose millions of dollars pretty easily. Uh, yeah. They can get scammed pretty easily. Once again, people bidding on your trademark that you don't want them to, and and doing paid search stuff that they're not allowed to, or spamming different forums or or cookie stuff. I mean, there, there's still ways to do it that. A good affiliate manager can easily catch, but most affiliate programs aren't properly managed and properly run. So there's still a lot of fraud in the industry. And I think that kind of taints the whole industry. So the people that do well, the people that know what they're looking for, the people that that, that can drive legitimate sales kind of get lumped into the uh, group uh, that doesn't. So Yeah, it's all one big basket, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of equate it to like used car salesmen. There's a lot of shady used yeah. car, car salesmen out there. There's a lot of great ones that, that are that really want to help the customer and help them get into the right vehicle and aren't looking to scam people. But you hear used car salesmen, you think you, you don't have a good good thought about that. You don't have a good uh, perception totally. of what they are. Totally. Now, you guys at Fanatics are doing a lot to, I think, change the view of that. And I definitely want to get into that. So you were an affiliate for 15 years. What was it like at the end being an affiliate? And then what was the the trigger to go to the other side of the fence and be an affiliate manager. Yeah. Like I said, as years went on, it got harder and harder to get rankings. Uh, I had my sites that I'd built years ago that were still doing well, but it was harder to get new sites performing and, and, and driving sales. And then uh, one morning I woke up, it was a couple weeks before Christmas, uh, I think 11 years ago or so. And Google had wiped out all, I mean, they hadn't wiped out my sites. They just weren't ranking anymore. Uh, yeah. It's like the went, penguin update or I don't, I don't know. Then. Uh, I wasn't doing any any shady link building or anything like that. I know there was one that was that dealt with link building and one that dealt with content, and I was probably on the content side. Once again, it was just data feed sites that took the data feed as it was and repurposed it. I didn't have much unique content or anything like that going on on the sites. So at that point, it was either I can try to rebuild all these sites and, and spend weeks and weeks adding content and trying to figure out what the problem is or... I can get a real job and uh, <laughs> a real point, job. You had a real job. I bet you're working more than the most. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, at that point there wasn't really, 
we still weren't into the into the uh, the corporate affiliate, the media affiliate, a media affiliate. It still wasn't that. So kind of the next step or the only real real job was on the affiliate management side. So I moved into the into that. Started working with uh, one of the OPMs out there and worked with them for about a year. Awesome, awesome. And then, uh, and then you you stayed on that side of the fence since then, right? But you still you're you're on both sides. You're uh, you have a, a a cooking or a meat site. Yeah, yeah. I still have one one affiliate site I keep around. CompleteCarnivore.com. Uh, I mean, I love grilling and smoking and cooking meat and and all that. So I figured I want to keep one one affiliate site around just so I can kind of be on that side and I can, I can know what the affiliates are dealing with and, and different technology things that they have to deal with and, and, and even how much work it does take to build social followings and, and to keep that active and, and what it takes to rank in search engines nowadays. I mean, I, I wanted to kind of remain on that side. So as I'm talking to affiliates, I know how to talk to them. I know, I know what they need. I know the struggles they go through. I know what it looks like to try to create content and and do that on a consistent basis and i would assume as an affiliate manager you know what they need what they want what they what their perspective is uh probably better than anyone else who's not sat for 15 years on that side of of the fence yeah definitely i i I do think it helps um i mean i and i and i can use my site to show people examples of here's how you can write an informational post that also has affiliate links here's how you can write a, a a post that's primarily just to get links it's more of an informational post there's not a lot of sales content on it but it gets links to your site which helps all your pages rank better including the yeah. ones that are strictly just to sell stuff so it, I, th- I think it helps me be able to to explain those things to uh, affiliates and give them some concrete examples without sharing other affiliates information or without sharing stuff from some yeah, of yeah. other partners here's an example of what i did and what's working for me yeah yeah, yeah. And so this website is dramatically different from your sites in 97 and 99 and 2000. Yeah, the, this one, it has real content in it. I mean, I'll, I'll spend days or weeks even researching different posts. So it has some some some, some good content. I'm starting to do more videos uh, and, and doing that on it. So, And I think one thing that makes you successful there is you're you're doing something you're also passionate about. So it's, it's one thing that um, over the 20 years I've been in this, or it's not 20 years, it's like 22 now. I'm getting, we're getting old, man. Um, but I always tell them like, when and I asked you earlier, like, how did you find the niche you wanted to work in? I always recommended start with what you love and you're passionate about, because when it gets to 12 months and you're still working on it, if you're talking about something and trying to sell something that you don't enjoy, you're not going to have that stamina uh, to get through. Is, is that part of your success? Like you, you, you football jerseys, uh, meat, things like that. Is, is that a big part of an affiliate success? I, I think so. I mean, especially once again, for, for somebody that's just trying to earn a few hundred bucks here and there, I don't, it, it would be hard for most hobby interest related type sites to make a full-time income. It would take a lot of work to get to that point. Uh, but if you want to make an extra three, four, $500 a month and, and have companies send you some free product every now and then, I think it's a great way to go. And once again, I'm, I'm grilling three, four times a week. So there's a constant yeah. stream of content I can, I can be putting up there. It's, it's not and something 
like if I did if I did a Disney site, I go to Disney once every ten years. I don't have the same amount of content, the same amount of knowledge, the same amount of opportunities to to create content uh, with something like that as I do grilling. Because like I said, I'm outside grilling two, three, four, or five times a week some days, some weeks. And I think you've become our industry's go-to guy whenever any of us have a question on grilling anything. Uh, I was introduced to spatchcocking a chicken from your <laughs> post. I, I had no idea what that was. But, you know, one thing that I wanted to ask was back then we went through, you know, you and I were both uh, in the affiliate space, not too far from each other either. Um, and we would get these Google updates and Google was making dramatic changes to where one day you'd wake up and your top five affiliates pretty much didn't exist anymore. And that happened over and over again. Are you seeing the same thing happen? It seems, or, or what do you think? And what have you seen? Because we, the affiliates have to build engagement, have to build a true audience, have to build their own brand loyalty now. Are they as impacted uh, and um, reliant on the whims of one search engine as they used to be? I don't think they are. I mean, we, we see if somebody's searching for Fanatics coupon or whatever, if they're doing coupon searches like that, we see we see those rankings change all the time. Sometimes retail that's on top. Sometimes it's offers. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's uh, we've seen uh, some other sites jump up there too. Th those change all the time. But for a some of our content affiliates, they've spent 15, 20 years building communities around different teams, uh, different players. And those people, they don't go to Google to search for uh, their team, they go to the site itself. And and the owners of these sites have been able to build up that reputation as the go-to source for information. So people go to there first. So I think with any affiliate nowadays needs to kind of go that route. Yeah, getting traffic from Google is wonderful, but you need to take that traffic and, and somehow build a community on your site, build something that the people are going to come back to your site, even if you don't rank on Google. That could be a social following. That could be building up an email list. I mean, there's a number of different ways to go about it, but I think you can't be reliant on, on a single source of traffic uh, at all. You need to be able to diversify. Yeah. It sounds kind of sort of the Amazon problem too. I've worked with many companies who built their entire company on Amazon and wanted to branch out yeah. and wanted to get sales outside of Amazon. And I'd say 80% of them weren't able to do it. Uh, they're just, they, they weren't able to, the, they weren't, they didn't essentially build a brand on Amazon. They fed the Amazon machine. And so trying to build a brand outside of that was uh, impossible for them to do. So what was the hardest part of making that transition from uh, affiliate to affiliate? Manager? Well, obviously going from working for yourself to working for somebody else is always a transition. Uh, but I mean, like I, I had, I've had great bosses. I've had great situations I've been in where it's, it's, it's been a pretty easy transition. Um, I think, I think being an affiliate manager, I kind of wake up each day knowing what I need to do and what needs to be done where as an affiliate is just, Hey, what, what do I want to do today? I don't know. Let me go yeah. write some more content or let me go uh, do some research on whatever. But I think on the affiliate management side, you have your internal reports. You need to, you need to get done every day. You have the emails that come in, you need to answer. You have the, uh, affiliates that the top performers you need to reach out to on a regular basis. So I think it's, it's, it's more structured, which is, is good. Cause I'm not a very structured person. So even having a little mm -hmm. bit of structure, 
is really helpful for me. Yeah. Now you, um, I ran some affiliate sites and I wasn't successful. I, I lost every dollar I put into it as an affiliate, even back then. Um, but what, uh, what would you say, you know, to affiliate manager, uh, who hasn't been an affiliate, like what, what is the, the things that they can do to kind of get that experience? What, what's the difference between the two that they kind of need to bridge the gap? I don't know if they should necessarily go out and build a whole website or anything like that. Pick one, pick one thing to do, whether it's just make a few YouTube videos and kind of see the process that an affiliate would go through there in making YouTube and do some research on, on, on what makes good YouTube videos and, and how you need to structure the title and the thumbnails and, and all those things. Just do a little bit of research on that. Do a little bit of research on how to build an Instagram following and, and set up a little site and see if you can get 200, 500 followers, whatever. Uh, start a Facebook page or a Facebook group and, and kind of know the mechanisms of what, uh, what that looks like. So as you get somebody that comes in, hey, I have a huge Facebook group and I want to work with you. You'll kind of know how to talk to them and, and, and how to do that. Once again, I don't think most people have the time or the desire to build a website and create hundreds of pieces of content on it over the years. Uh, but if you can pick even just one of the social channels or, 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 or learn WordPress, learn how to use it. It doesn't need to be a fancy, just, just learn kind of the mechanisms of, of WordPress or WooCommerce if you want to help people with that or some of the other different plugins. So kind of pick mm-hmm. something like that and learn that rather than creating a whole website necessarily. Yeah. And if you, if you, wh- how much time do you think it would take, uh, like time that you put into it and, and calendar time, uh, if you started today to build a following to replace your, you know, to have full-time income as an affiliate? because Sometimes people, there's a lot of people out there saying it takes, you know, 90 minutes and uh, this short course, but to create really good, reliable income, how long does that take as an affiliate just starting from scratch? Uh, it, it's not easy. Uh, I'll tell you that it takes, it takes a long time. Uh, I've been working on my site for three years and obviously I don't, I don't post every day. I don't, I mean, I've had one post in the past four months. I've just been busy with yeah. a lot of other things uh, yeah. right now. Uh, but if you were to consistently work three, four five hours a day on it, depending on a lot of it depends on the niche, depends on, on the, the demand for it, depends on what kind of merchants there are to work with, depends on commissions. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of different things you'd, you'd look at, uh, to see if it's going to make money, but it would easily take two or three, four years to, to be able to make a full-time income, I would say. Um, and once again, you want, you want to have that income be, not reliant on Google, not reliant on Facebook, not reliant on YouTube. You don't want to have it on any one channel. You want to have it so if all those went away, you'd still have an income. Otherwise, don't people quit your would job. still want to be there. They would yeah. still want to come find you, even if they they couldn't find you on any of those platforms. Yeah, that is a tall task for anybody to do. Uh, retailers struggle with that. Yeah, um, and I think that really comes goes to how this industry has changed and how difficult it is and how sometimes silly the argument is that order wouldn't have happened or that order would have happened in all these other ways if the affiliate wasn't there, all that work that goes in and years um, and even their own marketing at the gym this morning, Rakuten uh, was all over the commercials and their, their uh, cash back uh, shopping was 
everywhere. Like yeah. Every other commercial was that. And even as, as a smaller affiliate, I mean, I'm starting to see when I do a product review, I'm starting to see CNET and BuzzFeed and, and a lot of these other larger media companies showing up in, in the search results rather than just people writing reviews of products. So it's, we're competing against people with million dollar marketing budgets and 25, 30 yeah. person teams and, and, and all that. So once again, it's, it's, it's a lot harder now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. And so now you're at Fanatics, you're working yep. with a good friend of both of ours uh, and of a uh, recent guest on the, the podcast, uh, Wade Tonkin, who's taken a trip shortly to uh, uh, Everest uh, base camp. Um, so what's it like to work for that company? You guys are doing so many great things. And it seems like every other week there's an acquisition, there's some big news fanatics. What's that like going from, you know, working for yourself to maybe the one of the best known affiliate programs, uh, definitely in the country, if not, you know, more broad? Oh, it, 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 it's awesome. Like I said, I, I started working with them back in 2002 as an affiliate. And, and they knew who I was. And, and um, over the years, they, they tried to hire me and bring me down uh, to Florida to work. I'm not going there. I work for myself. Uh, I love the freedom. <laughs> and you then, live in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Yeah. And it, it would be quite a quite a, a journey. But well, like I said, once my sites all got whacked and, and I was kind of mostly out of the affiliate game and, and I needed a real job, uh, they reached out again and, and I was talking to Wade, who I helped. I recommended him for the job. Um, but uh, right on. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just time. I mean, we Small just world. Yeah, we just had a kid uh, and we needed to do something. So uh, we packed up and moved across to Florida. And even seeing the change in the company in the last eight years I've been there, it's been it's been pretty amazing. See. You know, having a child will definitely make you change uh, your career path at times. I know I had uh, two and was freelancing and, and then had a bit of a panic. It's like, I got to get a job. Uh, and then I realized I hated that. So I started the, the, the agency, but uh, definitely. So um, talk to me about the importance of content sites. You guys work with a ton of those. And I think one of the biggest successes you guys have is cultivating those, those small fan sites and helping them grow. How important are content sites to, you know, good, healthy affiliate channel revenue? I think it's massive. Um, for most affiliate programs, the standard coupon cashbacks are going to be the largest affiliates um, if, if the merchant chooses to work with them. But you need, you definitely need a, a good base of content affiliates, um, bloggers, social media, uh, fan communities, whatever they may be. Uh, those are the ones that we, we focus on. Those are the ones we want to cultivate the relationship. So when we can go out to, like I said, somebody that's been a huge fan of their team for 20 years and has been writing content and, and, and blogging and, and putting a website together for that, and we can go to them and say, hey, you want to make some money on this? Your team's gonna, about to win a championship. You can cash in pretty good. And we can help them make ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars in in a few days. I love that. That that's like the thing I love most about this is being able to help people take what they're passionate about and make money on it. Yeah. And and not sell. It's not a sellout thing. It's not uh, something where they're uh, not being loyal to their fan base and and just abusing them. No, the people want to buy the gear. Get it in front of them and let them buy it, and show them where they can buy it. 
Yeah, definitely. It's probably fun to work with other people that are as passionate about one of the things you're passionate about as well. And you get to see them grow in, in that too. Yeah. It makes me jealous sometimes seeing some of the, <laughs> <laughs> some of the money, some of these guys can pull in and uh, I wish uh, I could do that. Just one, I yeah, just want yeah. one day like the he you just had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, how long does it take to cultivate the content? relationship or a relationship with a content site is it you find them start it and it's huge or is it a four-year process oh we've had we've had some where we contacted them and the next day they've made twenty thousand dollars wow in in commissions um but then building the relationship over year i mean you continue to build that relationship over years so when every time you email them they know who you are they know you're going to give them some good information they know you're going to be there to help them so those relationships take a long time. Get it, getting them on board. Once you can get them on board, it's pretty easy to help them see success. But it, it does take work over many years to build that long-term relationship. But it's one of the misconceptions that I see on our end with the affiliate channel is uh, it's a spigot and you turn it on and you turn it off as you have budget or you need it to. Um, but you, you mentioned relationships. So you can even have that hit right up front. Um why are relationships so important, especially with content sites? Well, I mean, they, need, they need to be able to trust me that I'm going to be giving them good information and, and that these are the products that are going to do well for you. And, and th I mean, once again, being an affiliate, I kind of know what their audience wants and, and what they need and, and how that compares to what we are offering on Fanatics. So I can, I can help them in that way. Uh, but they, they can also feel free to ask questions if I'm just a nameless nameless email address they they aren't going to feel comfortable to ask me uh hey what what products are selling well or i put this post up i don't think it's performing as well as it can be can you can you what do you see on it that i can i can do better at so the, the relationships are even the relationships with with, with retail me not and, and honey and, and some of the bigger uh sites like that are important to have so i can email somebody and get an answer uh, I've had lunch with these people. I, we've taken each other out to dinner at conferences. I know who they are. I know their kids' names. It definitely helps when, when we yeah, need something yeah. from them and when they need something from us. Uh, it's it's not just uh, a numbers game. We know there's people behind these websites. We know there's faces. There's families that are relying on this income. And I need to be able to help them out with that. Yeah, and, and you have a unique perspective being a successful affiliate for so long. What what do you think the or what have you seen the big mistakes? Uh, maybe it's along the line of not treating it as a relationship sort of vehicle. Um, but what are the mistakes that you've seen uh, advertisers make and are and maybe still making? One uh, one of the things that I you tend to see is, is once again you just look at numbers. You just look at at, at conversion rate, you look at traffic numbers, you look, I mean, those are obviously important and you want to know those and you want to ha know what your metrics are. But once again, realizing that there's people on the other side of those numbers and, and it, it's not like paid search where you're dealing with Google, a big mm -hmm. faceless corporation and you bid higher, you get more traffic, you bid less, you get less traffic. Um, there, there's so much more to it in the affiliate channel. Uh, to, help, to help people be able to generate traffic. It's, it's not just, like I said, it's not a turn on, turn off type thing. It can take years to, to build up significant traffic. It take take years to build up sales, to take years to build up your community or your brand name, whatever it may be. And it's it's not something that, that oh, we're running over budget. Can you can you slow things down a bit? Well, not, not easily. 
Uh, I mean, if we do I had that, that question many times. Oh yeah. I mean, if if we start cutting commissions on on some people, they're not going to be there when we need them next year when yeah. sales might be down a bit and we need to push things. So I had to do that with an affiliate that you and I know, and she's still mad at me. And that was in two thousand two. Oh yeah, and she's still upset with me. Yeah, it's it's it, but yeah, it's 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 a totally different type of marketing channel. Once again, it's 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 relationships that that you have to build. Yeah. So so when when. Sales are slow. Hey, we got this product we're releasing. Can you give it a push? They'll be willing to do that. If it was, if I had been messing around with their commissions for the last few years and uh, uh, not communicating with them, they're not going to be there to help me when I need them. Yeah, if you're treating them as a resource to be exploited instead of a relationship to grow, yeah. then when when you do need them, they're they're not going to be there. If you you want to test a new product, they're not going to want to spend a dollar or a minute testing something for you. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the the things I love about the channel is you have those relationships and you can throw that out and say, Hey, check this out. Let's see how this does. And people will try it for you, even though they may, they may already know they're going to lose commissions because they're putting you in a spot. They have a proven performer in. Um, what kind of things do you guys do to optimize your relationships to, uh, to help your affiliates generate more revenue and, and help you guys hit your revenue goals for the content guys we, we we try to give them as much heads up on on product as we can uh, new stuff that's coming out if, if a team's getting a new jersey uh, we just had uh, the NFL draft so getting people the information yeah. about that ahead of time obviously there's there's stuff we can't say and and we can't always share as many images as we'd like uh, just due to different vendors not wanting their their stuff out there ahead of time, not wanting leaks, uh, but we, we try to give them as much information as we can. We do we don't uh, try to hold back uh, when when it's something we can share. We want them to know, and we want them to be able to have the content ready. So when Trevor Lawrence gets drafted, all those Jag sites can be firing up up the the gear right away. Uh, if we have any big sales coming down the road, we, we try to give people a heads up so they can create content. Um, a lot of the stuff we do is is pretty time specific, and if there's if a team wins a Super Bowl, a lot of the sales come within the first 12 hours, 24 hours after the game. So if it's yeah. if the Super Bowl is on Sunday and Tuesday, we're reaching out to people after the game saying, hey, do you want to push them? They've lost a lot of their earning opportunity. But if we're getting it's them the weeks ahead of time leading up to it, they have the ability to go out and create content ahead of time and have it staged and be ready to push it live right when the game's over. Have their social posts scheduled out to go right when the game's over. So a lot of it is just being proactive and getting the information ahead of time to the affiliates as much as we can. So they can be ready to go when we are ready to launch the product. And, and organized, I would yeah. say. You have to be uh, proactive ahead of the, ahead of the, the, the event. Uh, and then you guys have a lot of like, or a lot of your sales are like that. Like you said, event specific, huge concentration of sales around one thing, the draft, the Super Bowl, all that stuff. Uh, is there anything else that's different about those types of things that others can learn from maybe maybe use in their programs that you guys do? It's just being able to share information and get 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 the relevant information to your affiliates. Um, we know if a guy has a Cub site, we're not going to hit him with Dodgers gear. We're not going to hit him with Miami uh, Hurricanes gear. Uh, we know that he wants Cubs information, maybe some Bears, maybe some Bulls. He can mix in there too, but he wants information yeah. about the Cubs. So we're going to give him relevant information. 
like I said, my grilling and meat site. If somebody reaches out to me and, hey, we're launching this new smoker, this new grill, you want to check it out? I'll check it out. If they're saying, we're launching a new sewing machine, can you push it? No, I'm not going to push that. That's not relevant to my audience. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's just getting people the right information that, that they can use. And it once again, that comes back to knowing your affiliates and knowing what they promote, um, knowing that this, this, yeah, this affiliate has, has these three sites and it deals with, with, with these content topics. I can reach out to them on that. Um, so you hit them with relevant information and they're going to love it. If you hit them with uh, stuff that doesn't, they don't care about, that's not going to help them. And we really have two audiences as affiliate marketers. We have the end consumer that we're trying to reach. And we need to know our company you know, needs to know who they are and what they need and when they need it. And we also, we have our affiliate is the audience. We need to know who they are, what they need, how they need it, when they need it, and communicate uh, with them. And that's, I think, really where the relationship comes in. Like you were saying, we know so much about them and we need something. We get it to them as early as we can, uh, pro that proactive uh, communication. I really appreciate you sharing all these. Now, uh, what's been your biggest success story in the industry? You span now even longer than me, so almost yeah. twenty five years. What's the biggest success story? Honestly, it's it's the people I've been able to meet and the people I, I know. I mean, we've known each other for I don't know fifteen years or yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I think but, we met at a Marriott at a uh, internet marketing event that I think you and your dad put on. Yeah, that could have been it. On Pines, I think in Spokane. Yep, I remember that. Um, well, there's the elevator story, which we have to get into. Oh, yes. That is one of my favorite. That's probably my favorite Joe story. Do you tell, tell our audience about the elevator. Sure. It was at uh, Affiliate Summit in New York. Um, I don't know, 2000. I don't even know what year it was. Uh, but I was, I, I was still, I still hadn't met a ton of people in, in the industry yet. So there's some people I didn't recognize, but, uh, you, me and, uh, Steven, your coworker were in an yeah. elevator talking about the Seahawks and, and they had, I think they'd recently lost to the Steelers in the Super Bowl. Uh, that last year or like probably weeks prior. I yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> but we were talking about it and I said something like, man, I would just love to throat punch any Steelers fan I saw. And unbeknownst to us, in the elevator were Trisha Meyer and her mom Cindy, who are huge who are Steelers from fans. Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're huge yeah. Steelers fans. So uh, that that made for an interesting uh, elevator ride. Yeah, but I think that may have been both of our introductions to those two. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> and, I, I, and somehow we're all friends. I think I'd met him once or twice before that, but uh, it didn't really register. But yeah, I mean, the, the relationships that we've been able to build over the years with 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 a lot of these people that are seriously some of my best friends. Uh, they're people I, I chat with yeah, yeah. weekly or monthly on Facebook, and we could go two years without seeing each other, but meet up at a, at a conference, and the relationship's still there. So that, that's, that's been my big, big success, is, is just the people that I've been able to, to meet and know uh, and enjoy. And I think, you know, when we actually get to go to a conference again, it will be almost two years since yeah. we've all uh, been together. Well, Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time. You're, you have such a unique perspective uh, on the industry and such a, a, a long uh, and storied career on both sides of the fence. You really bring a, a unique perspective to the channel uh, and can help affiliates, 
like you said, to help them be successful, but also advertisers have a lot to learn, I think, from you uh, being on both sides of the fence and seeing, you know, what it used to be like. And, and, you know, we did earn maybe rightfully so some of the reputation that we have, but going through that whole career and seeing like, that's just not, you can't even do that anymore. There's other things they can do to, uh, to make trouble. And some of them do, but, uh, that, that shallow and thin, uh, uh, kind of site development just doesn't exist anymore. I really appreciate you. If anyone wants to reach out to you, they have questions or they just want to follow uh, completecarnivore.com, I guess that's one place they can go. But how else can they uh, keep in touch with you? Uh, they can email me, jsouza at fanatics.com. Uh, it's a great place to get in touch with me. I'm, I mean, search for me on social channels and I'm there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, email would probably be the, the best way. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you. And I will get my biscuit order in here shortly. I will ask my wife which one she wants. I will not ask my daughter because she keeps hiding the cinnamon ones from me. You need to get a separate freezer for yourself. I, I, with a lock on it. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for your time today, man. I look forward to seeing you in person soon. Definitely. Thank you, Jamie. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. I always enjoy spending time with you and having conversations. And today was no different. Just a, a podcast chock full of information on affiliate marketing. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to get uh, in touch with Joe, you can see him and all his meat preparation advice at completecarnivore.com. Uh, but you can also get a hold of him via his email address. I will share that in our show notes. Uh, but you can look for him in his socials. He's easy to find. Uh, give him, uh, you know, reach out to him if you have any questions uh, or want to talk about meat or affiliate marketing. But, you know, some of the things I want to bring up is how important it is for affiliate managers to know the technologies, tools, tips, tricks that we are asking our affiliates to do. And also take note of how difficult it is nowadays to be an affiliate. So when you're looking at the affiliates, you're seeing numbers on your end. What you don't see is the years and years that they have put into building an engaging audience. So definitely go back, listen to that section again. And hey, if you need help with your affiliate program, you can get that at gethelp.jebcommerce.com. You can even set up time on my calendar uh, to discuss all things affiliate marketing. Just go to calendly.com slash Jamie Birch. And hey, if you like this podcast episode, please share it. All the socials, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all those, and give us a five-star review. That really helps us get the word out. So we would really appreciate it. Now, if you would like to be a guest, I would love to have you. We can set up a quick 15-minute chat, tell you how that would uh, go and talk about what kind of topics and questions we go over. You can also email me at gethelp at jbcommerce.com. We can go over that. So I hope this was informative. Please leave us a review and I will see you next time.